come preach and teach me once more. I love you, Dr. Williams. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm glad my hearing aid doesn't hear everything. <laughs> I might think I'm somebody. <laughs> All right. Two fellows both had hearing aids, and one of them was talking to the other one. He said, uh, are those new hearing aids? He said, yes. And he said, well, how you like them? Oh, he said, it's the best I've ever had. He said, what kind is it? He said, about 4.30. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how hearing aids work. <laughs> what Ms. Williams says and what I hear is worlds apart. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but uh, it's a joy to be here today. Uh, I love the Shook family. I love Brother John like he was one of my sons. Uh, and I always, Ms. Williams and I, always enjoy being here. We often refer to this church as the one church where you can always get a blessing uh, from being here. The music program tonight is wonderful, wonderful, solid, good, down to earth, and uh, filled with doctrine. If, if music doesn't have doctrine, it has nothing. Anybody can write something pretty or something, la, la, la. Uh, but to write doctrine into it. Uh, see, every song we sing ought to be to God, for God, or about God. Uh, and uh, I hope that, that you'll make that a must. I was sitting here looking at Matthew tonight. And I told him yesterday, I said, you happier than you've ever been. <laughs> I said... Uh, I was, Ms. Williams and I drove over uh, to the wedding uh, over in Lexington, and, and I told Matthew, I said, I'm not here because I like you. I said, I'm here to see you go through with it, buddy. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, but when I saw his wife, I, I thought, oh, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, amen, amen. Uh, amen. All right. Good. But I, I was watching him tonight direct the choir and lead singing this morning and so forth. And, and I, I figured it out, preacher. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, how many of you remember Dr. Lee Robertson? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, so J.R. Faulkner was his right-hand man. And uh, somebody asked him one day, he said, Dr. Robertson, I said, uh, what are you going to do if J.R. Faulkner dies? And, uh, well, he said, we're just going to go on. And uh, the fellow said, I don't think you're listening. He said, I said, what are you going to do if J.R. Faulkner dies? Well, he said, we, we just go on. We just go on. And uh, he said, I'm, I don't have your attention yet, Dr. Robertson. I said, J.R. Faulkner. Oh, he said, if J.R. Faulkner does, we'll have four. We'll just hire four more people and keep going. <laughs> Matthew's got so many jobs here. <laughs> he's a, he's like the little boy. He he had about fifteen or twenty uh, stickers on his shirt, and one of them said, "This is for going to junior camp and counseling. This is going to high school camp." He said, this is helping the janitor church clean up. And he said, this is for mowing the church lawn. And he said, uh, this is for helping the preacher wash his car. And he, he said, I haven't been home in three months. <laughs> That's about the way it is in fundamentalism. <laughs> if our ship came in, we wouldn't be there. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, Ms. Williams and I are glad to be here. And I mean that sincerely. It's good to meet uh, Brother Bob. And I'm looking forward to hearing his testimony. Looking forward to seeing him. He, he, he said to me today, Brother Williams, I, I, I want you to know I'm really serious that you and I are going to have a one-on-one -on -one game. <laughs> yeah, I said, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think he understood, misunderstood. I'm bald, not the ball. Okay. 
there was an old preacher in California, uh, in Arizona, old Dr. Beal, and he was had a wonderful church there in Arizona and, and, uh, and a Bible college. And, and uh, bald, he was bald. I mean, uh, an onion would have had more hair than he did. Uh, and uh, uh, he, he uh, everybody's always joking about his bald head, you know. Uh, and uh, so he had a bunch of young preachers in one time, and, and he said, okay, let's just settle it right now. He said, I have the answer. Marble tops come on expensive furniture. And he really felt confident that he had stopped all of this nonsense about his head. You know, One young preacher raised his hand. And he said, with all respect, Dr. Bill, he said, it also comes on antiques. <laughs> all right. Good. You know... I, t- I said to my doctor, and I think he's really a fine doctor, I said to him some time ago, I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Johnson, I said, the Bible says a merry heart's like a medicine, it doeth good. And uh, he said, you know, it's interesting you should say that, Dr. Williams. He said, uh, medical science has just begun to delve in to the value of laughter. And he said, that's a wonderful verse because it's true. Uh, You see, God gave us two emotions. One is crying and one is weeping. Now, your job and my job is to balance them. You want your tires to balance, right? You want your checkbook to balance, right? The greatest diet in the world is a balanced diet. Then balance your life. Laugh more. You say, Dr. Williams, what would we laugh about? Oh, that's easy. Just look in the mirror. (laughs) If you can't look in the mirror and laugh, you've got a problem. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. But, but. <laughs> I think some of you sat at home all afternoon and said, I'll not smile about nothing. <laughs> okay. Take your Bibles tonight, please. Turn with us uh, in the Scriptures, and we'll look together at the blessed blessed word of God. Book of Second Kings, please. The book of Second Kings, that's in your Old Testament. A book of Second Kings. And uh, we will look there at uh, the fifth chapter. The book of Second Kings and uh, chapter five. Book of Second Kings and uh, chapter five. Give you just a minute to get there. Uh, not everybody has been saved a long time and has a knowledge of where things are in the Bible. The Bible is a little confusing on some things. Uh, all my life, J-O-B spelled job. I got saved and they said, no, no, that's Job. So I went down to my Job the next day. Well, <laughs> One, one uh, Italian fellow in New York ran up to me one day and he said, Brother Williams, Brother Williams, he, 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 said, uh, he, he said, isn't it good that God named one of the books in the Bible after Italians? And I said, yeah, sure enough. Uh, which one is it? He said, Malachi. I didn't tell him it was Malachi. I just let him rejoice in Malachi. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care and I didn't figure God did. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, I don't know how anybody learns the English language that wasn't born in it. It is so dumb. 
Did you know the little word run has 32 meanings? You can get a run in your hose. You can get a run in your nose. If you hit a ball far enough, you can run and make a run. Somebody can run over you, you know. I don't, I don't know how anybody learns it. We, we've got words like pneumonia starts with a P. I, I, I thought this book in the Bible over here where David wrote all that, I thought that was Pizalum. I had the hardest time saying Psalm with a P. Second Kings, okay? <laughs> chapter five. Second Kings chapter five. Our Father, tonight we come to thy blessed throne through the match the matchless name of our Lord Jesus, thy son, who sits at your right hand. And we ask you in his name now to bless the preaching of your word. Help me to preach in the power and the demonstration of thy Holy Spirit. In Jesus' sweet, blessed, holy, powerful, glorious name. Amen. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. This verse is just full of great things here. It says he was a great man. See, we we toss this word great around today till it doesn't mean a whole lot. We'll say that's great, this is great. Uh, Could I help you just a little bit? Nothing, nothing is great until time has an opportunity to test it. People used to say to me, uh, you preach at Hiles Anderson College a lot. And I said, I do, and a lot of the other colleges. He said, is Hiles Anderson College a great college? I said, no. No. They said, it's not. I said, no. I said, it's a good college. But let Dr. Hiles die. Let two or three generations pass. And if the students are still coming out believing this old book, I'll say that's a great school. Time will test you, young person. When we have an ordination and I go to it, I I say, young man, I'm not really interested in what you say you believe today. Anybody can memorize some doctrinal statements. I said, son, I want to know what you're going to believe 25 years from now. This man was a great man. When the Bible says he was great, he's great. And there's some characteristics of this man that make him great. It said he was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. And he was a mighty man. He was a mighty man. Some of you young people have no idea of some of the generals that we had in World War II. And then, well, I'm not saying we don't have some soldiers today. We do. I'm just saying there was a general, George Patton. They called him Blood and Guts Patton. Uh, he, he was fearless. Uh, and he never stood up and said, men, go get them. You know what George Patton said? Follow me. I had a nephew that say, served under him, Alvin Coos. He said, I tell you that we came to the Rhine River and the Germans were already dug in on the other side and they had their pillboxes, they had everything uh, of, in, of an advantage He said Patton stripped down and he dove into the river and he swam the river under enemy fire, 
turned around and swam it back. He said he crawled up on the bank and said, follow me. He said, I tell you, Tom, I'd have died for the man any day. We have a great captain. Hebrews 2.10 says, Jesus Christ is our captain. You know what he said? Follow me! Just follow me. Just follow me. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for some followers. And the interesting thing is, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. And they know me. And they what? And they what? Are you following Christ? Are you following Christ in your home? Are there daily devotions? Do you pray with the children before you put them to bed? Do you go in there with that teenage boy? Pray with him, that teenage girl, pray with her. Do you and your wife pray together? Are you following Christ? Christ was a soul winner. Read the Bible and see all the people that he won to Christ while he walked three years, three years upon earth. He won a Zacchaeus. He won a Nicodemus. And on and on and on. He was a soul winner. He that winneth souls is wise. You know who said that? The wisest man that ever lived was Solomon. And Solomon said in Proverbs 11.30, He that winneth souls is wise. You want to be wise? Then be a soul winner. Turn the tube off. Come down here and stand by the preacher's side. Say, preacher, I'm here. I want to go to soul winning. Get with some other man in the church and say, I want to go soul winning. Get with some lady and say, let's go down and go grocery shopping. And, and, and while we're there, let's witness. Let's go down and enter to the store down there. We need a few dry good things. And, and we'll get those. And while we're down there, we'll tell them about Christ. You know, Jesus called 12 and sent them out by what? How many? He called 70 and sent them out by what? Twos. Twos, yeah. Uh, you, you ladies ought to get together and go soul winning. My wife never attended soul winning at the church, but she won people all the time out in grocery stores uh, and, and uh, in the dry goods stores. And you don't even know what a dry goods store is. It's where the dry goods haven't got wet yet. Uh, but... You know, our soul winning ought to be a daily thing. Everywhere we go. At the gas station. You don't stop at the gas station to get gas. You stop at the gas station to get a little bit of gas to go soul winning. You don't go to the grocery store just to get groceries. That's a dumb thing. Go down there to witness. You know, everywhere you go, just plan on witnessing. Just plan on witnessing. You ought to have your pocket full of tracks uh, right now. And uh, I always, uh, I'm like, <laughs> it was really funny one year, uh, Carl Lance used to say, never be without a track. And uh, Dr. Hiles said, if you ever catch me without a track, buddy, I'll pay up. And one night on the platform, he turned around and said, Give me a track, Dr. Holmes. <laughs> Dr. Holmes handed him a hundred dollar bill and said, Go about your preaching. <laughs> yeah, you ladies ought to have them in your purse if there's room. Um, I said one day, I was preaching, and I said, now you ladies all go home and put a track in every purse. One lady said, I wouldn't even be back to church next week if I did that. You teenagers, you oughtn't to be caught without a track. 
Yeah. I like what one guy said. He said, they tracked me and tracked me till I got saved. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a friend in San Diego, California, and some Jehovah Witnesses knocked on his door one day. And uh, he said, don't, not interested, don't want any of your stuff. They said, could we just leave a track? He said, as long as the toes are pointing the other way. Uh, This man was a great man. Did you see who he's great with? He's great with his master. He's great with somebody that sees him every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. That sees him in all kinds of situations. He watched this man. The king watched Naaman, and he saw how the soldiers appreciated him. He saw how he conducted himself. When the kings come in from countries that butted up against their, 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 their domain, he watched, and Naaman moved back into the shadows of the room. He didn't want to embarrass his king in front of another king that his captain was a leper. He watched him, how that he handled his family. He watched him in every situation. And when the Bible says he was a great man with his master, hang your hat there. Hang your hat right there. Let me ask you, are you great with the people you live with? Can your husband look at you tonight and say, my wife is godly instead of gossipy? God didn't make your mouth to gossip. Read your Bible. It says, David said, I'll use my mouth to praise God. I'll use my mouth to sing to Him. Do you ever sing to God? The Bible says, sing unto Him in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, nobody else might not appreciate your singing, but God does. And here, the, the, the Bible says, this man's great with somebody that sees him in all situations. You know, if, if I wanted to know about one of you men here tonight, I wouldn't ask you. I'd ask your wife. I'd ask your wife. If I wanted to know about you as a lady, I wouldn't ask you. I'd ask your husband. Now get a hold of your chair and I'll tell you one more thing. If I wanted to know what kind of parents you are, I'd ask your children. Huh? I went out to a house one time. The preacher told me this couple wanted to have me uh, and feed me supper. And, and I, 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 so I went out there and they had three little old children. And they were playing on the floor in the living room. She was in the kitchen uh, getting supper ready. And the kids were being pretty noisy. And she come in that room and she said, Don't yell in this house! I thought, I bet they never will again. With a great example like that. Huh? Why do you expect more out of your kids than you do yourself? One young lady, she, she wrote me and she said, Dr. Williams, she said, I'm 17 years old and my mom and daddy on my back all the time about live for God, honey, live for God, live for God. She said, preacher, she said, I want you to understand that I can remember back to about five years old, which gives me 12 years of memory. And she said, I want you to know that my father, who is a deacon in the church, has never come home one time in 12 years and said, let's pray for this man. I've been witnessing to him at work. She said, my mom is a Sunday school teacher. I've never seen her study till Saturday night late. I've never seen her call her class and just beseech them to be in Sunday school. She said, Preacher, they want me to live for God. Why don't they? 
Brother Shook, the biggest job I have is when young people come to me and say, Brother Williams, you know, maybe you're the kind of preacher that could win my parents to Christ. Would you do that while you're here? I said, I don't know if I can win them. If I've got to crawl over your testimony to get to them, it ain't going to work. I said, how clean is your room right now? Do you get up when you're called? Do you go to bed when you're told? Do you ever make your own bed? Huh? Let me tell you something. One young man said, I'm tired of all these orders. I'm going to join the army. (laughs) Son, let me tell you, in the army, they don't make your bed. They don't wash your clothes. We taught our children in kindergarten. In kindergarten, make your own lunch. You know, you say, they made their own lunch? Yeah, they never missed more than two days in a row. (laughs) Why make a slave out of your wife for your kids? Huh? They dirtied the dish, they can wash it. They sleep in the bed, they can make it. Huh? Yeah, it's getting real quiet in here. Um, this man is great with somebody that sees him all of the time. I'm not telling you that I'm the greatest man in the world at home. I'm not telling you I'm the greatest preacher in the world. I'm just telling you it's time we buckle down and realize the people closest to us are the people who know us the best. Do your children see you right now, the the tithe check? Do they see you putting money in the plate when it's passed? Do they see you love their mother? I remember when our children were young, Tim said to Paul, you know, the only thing daddy can really do great is kiss mama. I said, amen. I said, I want her to remember in case I die out on the road somewhere. She has been kissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you kiss your wife much? Huh? Do you? Okay. Do you? (laughs) Yes, I do. Do you let him kiss you, ma'am? Or do you say, oh, don't, you know? (laughs) Don't do that. Say, yeah. (laughs) You know? This was a great man. Now notice. And he was a mighty man in valor. He was a brave man. Follow me type man. And it says, and they had gone out. He had taken his soldiers and they went out over to Israel and they captured some young people. They killed all the parents, burnt the village, the Syrian army has always been like that. You go to Syria tonight, they'll cut your head off that fast. They line people up over there and go by and just cut their heads off. They've always been a fierce, not the greatest fighting force in the world, but the most fierce. And it says that this man, Naaman, had gone over there and he'd taken his soldiers with him and they'd captured some Israelis. And one of them was a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. 
This little girl's maybe 13, 14 years old. Uh, and uh, he brings her home. I'm sure the king got the choice of the one he wanted. And Naaman took this one home to his wife and said, This is a little Israeli girl. We captured her, burnt her village, killed her people. And she's going to live with us now. And uh, she's going to be your helper. And this little girl set out to be a testimony. This little girl said, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. When they sent her to the market, she went down there and got it done and got home. Wasn't any dilly-dallying around with her. When they said scrub scrub the floor, she scrubbed the floor better than anybody they'd ever had. When they said get in bed, she was already in it. When they said get up, it was instant. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because when she said something, it meant something. Does your testimony mean anything? Can people count on your word? You say to preacher, I'll be there, preacher. Are you here? You know, when you ask God to save you, that's not some kind of a little light thing. When you ask your wife to marry you, you wanted her to separate from every other man she ever thought about. You want your husband to do the same thing. It's not something you just imagine. No, marriage is a separator. It separates you from this world. It separates you from everybody else and you just cling to each other. And you become the strength for your wife. And you become the encourager for your husband. And you give yourself to that task. Over here, not very far from here, Kernersville, uh, North Carolina. I was preaching there one time. And this lady invited us out to supper. She had fixed pen beans. I love pen beans. But these were Crunchy. And this dear lady said, Gentlemen, notice the beans are crunchy. She said, You know why? Because my husband likes crunchy beans. So you just have to eat them. Don't cook to please me when I come. Cook to please your husband. You got to live with him. Amen. Yeah, let's get back where it belongs. You don't come to church to please this preacher. You come down here to please the God of heaven and earth. If you don't, you're on the wrong track. Amen, whatever you said. (laughs) This man was great. He was courageous. And they brought this little girl back. And notice what it said in verse 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would God. Oh, I wish you could get a hold of that word tonight. We don't talk like that anymore. This is old English. Oh, oh, to God, she said. Oh, 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 oh. We don't use oh much anymore. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for we'd recover him of his leprosy. And did you notice that Naaman's wife didn't laugh? She didn't say, oh, uh, little girl, let let me tell you, we're so proud of you and we're so thankful for you. But nobody, but nobody heals leprosy. And did you notice she didn't say, that killer that killed my parents, that man that drugged me over here into a pagan nation like Israel, and and I want you to know that, 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 oh, no, she didn't do that. She called him Lord. Would God, my Lord. Would God, my Lord. I think I read something about that in the Bible. About pray for your enemy. And here's this little girl. 
And she said, would God. She said to his wife, would God, my Lord, was over in Samaria. For there's a prophet over there. And he would recover him of his leprosy. And you know, she ran to Naaman and told Naaman. And Naaman didn't laugh. And Naaman went to the king. And the king didn't laugh. Oh, you mean that little girl from Israel that you're always talking about? And what a wonderful servant she is. Oh, Naaman, Naaman, get a hold of yourself, man. She's a little girl. You and I know and everybody around here knows lepers are never healed. No, they didn't do that. The king said, Naaman, go down by the treasure and get $90,000. $90,000. Get ten of my finest robes and go to Israel and come back healed. Go to Israel. And get healed. Oh yes, Naaman, my captain. Get it. $90,000. Ten of the finest robes I have. And get going now. Don't tarry. So he gets his hundred soldiers together. Nobody in Bible times went anywhere without a centurion guard. When they got ready to move Paul out of Jerusalem, they sent a centurion guard with him. One hundred men. And here we find he takes this troop with him over there and he went to the king of Israel. And that's what has gotten so mixed up today. You see that by the time they got over there, the prophet's name had been dropped. There's churches all over this city and all over this state that will send you everywhere to get saved except Jesus. I saw an ad in the Des Moines Register, which is a fairly large newspaper, and it said, just fill out this little form and send us $2 and you'll be a Christian. Sponsored by the Lutheran Church. But I told you this morning, I tell you tonight, you will go in vain and die in vain till you come to Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Revelation 1.5. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Amen. Ephesians 1.7. Through the blood of Christ we have been cleansed. Amen. And you can go on and on and on and on about the blood. And here they send this send the name into the wrong place. And so he comes to the king. I do have to give the king a little credit. He said, I'm not God. Can I, can I make men alive? Can, can, can I heal leprosy? No. And he took up and he got a hold of his beautiful robe he had on and he rent it right in two. And somebody had passed the word on uh, to Elisha who ran a prophet school out not too far out in a log cabin type building. You say, how do you know that? I read the rest of the chapter. Uh, and so Elisha said, send him out here. He'll know there's a prophet in Israel. I like that guy. I like that guy. I was with a preacher a while back, and he said, Brother Williams, uh, what, what do you believe? I said, the Bible. Yeah, no, no, he said, uh, doctrinally, what do you believe? And I told him. I said, what do you believe? Well, he said, you're here this week, and you're real strong on the doctrines of grace. That's what I believe. He said, next guy we have, if he's more Arminian and everything, and Arminian theology, he said, that's what I'll be that week. I said, good, good. Huh? Look, some people say, well, you know, I, be- I believe this part of the Bible. Could I tell you tonight with authority, if you don't believe it all, you don't believe any. You can't pick and choose the Word of God. This is not ink on paper. It's the Word of the living God of heaven. Jesus kept saying, the words I speak are not mine. They're my Father's. The miracles that I do, I, not my miracles, it's what I've seen the Father do. 
And then Jesus said, and when the Spirit of God is come over in John, the 16th chapter, 15th chapter, he, he, uh, 14th, he said, you know, when the Spirit of God has come, he will not speak of himself. He will take of the things of mine and speak of me. The Holy Spirit didn't come, my friend, to be exalted. He didn't come to be sung to. Come, Holy Spirit. That's a real popular song. How, how dare you? How dare you to sing that? He has come. He is here. He didn't leave. You can't believe. You better think about what you're saying. If your songs don't match this book, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You don't have to invite the Holy Spirit to come. He came 2,000 years ago. And he hasn't gone anywhere. So, Naaman goes out there. Here he is in his big battle uh, gear, you know. He's got his sword at his side. He's got his helmet on his head. And, and boys, I mean, you can tell he is the captain of the army. And he goes up and he knocks on this log cabin door. And Mr. Elisha said to these little preacher uh, sons, these sons of the prophets, and they wore a long kind of a gray flannel gown out of it. And he said, son, back there, you on the back row, uh, that'll be Naaman the leper at the door. Uh, just go over there and open the door and tell him that I said, go down to Jordan River and uh, get in the river and dip up and down seven times. And when he comes up the seventh time, he won't be a leper anymore. This little boy, he goes over there uh, to the door and he opens the door and here stands this mighty captain with all of his gear on and everything. And he looks him over. He said, you got it all right. Mr. Elisha said, you were a leper. Man, you are. But Mr. Elisha said this. He said, you see that river right down there? That's the Jordan River. Now, I was never so disappointed in my life when I went to Israel and they said, that's the Jordan River. Many, many places in the Jordan River is a glorified mud hole. But it was flood season, and the river was up pretty good. And there was trash floating down the river. <laughs> and this little fellow said, just get in the Jordan River. Dip up and down seven times. When you come up the seventh time, guess what? You won't be a leper anymore. Shut the door. Now, if you've never studied a portion of Scripture, you ought to study this one. This is good. You know what Naaman did? <laughs> he started naming rivers. <laughs> he said, Abana and Phapar, the rivers of Damascus, they're beautiful rivers. They're greater than the Jordan River ever thought about being. And I rode past them to get into this. And he laid down on the ground. Did you ever see a, an old bull down in the pasture and he's throwing dirt like this, you know, and trying to get the flies off his back and, and everything? And <laughs> Naaman laid down on the ground. Go, go read it. Go read the Hebrew. And it says he laid down on the ground and he had a dime store fit. Look, look at his men. They didn't come close. They just came near. I mean, rocks were flying, dirt was flying, and they said, Yahoo! Master, if he'd asked you to do something great, you'd have done it. You know what holds the religions of the world? My friend, tonight, go follow them. They'll crawl on their knees till they bleed, and they'll do without till they starve to death to please their plaster perished God.
And we won't go out of our way to talk about our God. We won't go out of the way to serve Him. To give ourselves to Him. You know, the Bible still says, dear parent, train your children. Train them. Train them up in the ways of God. Train train them up in the ways of Christ. Oh, if we would just train our children, we wouldn't have the mess we have. Go out here and watch these wrestlers train. Go out here and watch these track men train. They run till they puke. I've been there. I know. And the old coach turns around and he said, the 440, and I mean got it! And you put everything into your body into that 440. Because old coach Tommy Bean is standing over on the finish line to see how you do. And the track meet comes, and you're running against a guy that's as good as you are. I mean, I mean, just step by step. He's every bit as good as you are. And you come around down there where there's about 140 left in the race. And you come around that far corner down there, and he's just got you leg for leg, leg for leg, leg for leg. And he's just looking at you, and you're looking at him. And all of a sudden, old Coach Bean walks out down there, and he says, Get him, boy! Get him! It's down there somewhere! Reach for it! And somehow, and I can't tell you how, some cold air comes into your lungs. And Seemed like they drove two spikes in your legs. And you said, see you, bud. All to fall into Coach Bean's arms. And have him say, you gave it all. Boy, you gave it all. I don't know about you tonight, but I want to cross this ramp on the other side. And I want our captain to say, Tom, you gave it all. Welcome home. Welcome home. And they said, Naaman, if he'd asked you to do something great, you'd have done it. If he'd have told you to walk to Egypt and back on one leg, you'd have tried it. If he told you to go down here and kill 50 enemies and get their foreskins to prove that they're dead, he he said, you'd have tried it. All he asked you to do was get in the river. Why don't you try it? And with 100 men standing in formation along the bank of the river, the mighty captain lowers himself gets them big battle boots off and begins to make his way out through the mud of the Jordan. And he gets out just far enough that he thinks he can now bury himself in the water. And he goes down once and he comes up and 100 men are watching. And he goes down twice. He comes up. He's still a leper. And three, and he's a leper. And four, and he's a leper. And five, and he's a leper. And six, he's a leper. And when he broke water on the seventh time, Guess what God did? Oh, guess what God did? He didn't give him 40-year-old skin like the rest of his skin. It says He gave him the skin of a child. Now Naaman goes up to the cabin. No prophet's son come out now. Elisha comes out. Because now Naaman's fit to talk to. The captain has lost all of his pride. And he comes. And Elisha comes out. And you know what Naaman said? I thought he would put his hand over the place and say, That's what he says. But he didn't do that. He was healed. Nothing holy about the waters of the Jordan. The holiness comes from simple obedience. 
if every member of this church had just simple obedience to God, you couldn't build buildings fast enough to seat the crowd. In the upper room were 120 of the greatest Christians that ever walked. But it took them 10 days to quit wanting their own way. Doing their own thing. And it says when they were of one accord, the Spirit fell. All God is waiting on to use this city, uh, this church, to capture this city. And perhaps the whole area is just some people who will all get the same idea. John Wesley said, give me 100 men that love nothing but God and hate nothing but sin and I'll change the world. Give me 25 men out of this church who will come down every week and get on your face and cry out and then march out of here like an army on this city. And I promise you, you cannot build the buildings fast enough to seat the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot reap where you have not sown. If you go out here and sow and sow and sow, he that weepeth and goeth forth, bearing the precious seed, doubtless, doubtless come back. Bringing somebody with them. Naaman tried to give Elisha some money. He wouldn't take it. Tried to give him some of these big robes. He wouldn't take them. So Naaman made a strange request. He said, then give me two mules, burden of earth. Put all the dirt that you can put on these mules and they can still carry it. You see, I'm the right hand man for my king. And my king worships this false god, Dagon. And when I get home, I have to go with him down there to his worship place. And when I get there, he's going to kneel down and I have to kneel. But I want to kneel on some dirt that belongs to God. Give me two mules, burden of earth. And when my king kneels down on the ground that belongs to the pagan God, I'm going to kneel on some dirt that belongs to God. I know the day we live in, you can worship God in the mountains, you worship God in the desert and all of this. And I know you can do that. But my friend, I don't know a desert that's been set aside for the glory of God. I don't know a mountain that's been set aside for the glory of God. This place is not a holy place. I understand that. They bought the material to build this building the same place they bought. Somebody else bought the material to build a bar. This is not holy timber. But it's a place set aside for the dedication and the glory of God Almighty. We don't dance in this house. We don't shoot dice in this house. We don't cuss in this house. We don't smoke in this house. And on and on and on. You know why? It's been set aside. It's a sanctuary. The kids at camp sing this song. I never heard it till two years ago. I'll be a sanctuary for thee. Boy, that's serious business. That's serious business. And so Naaman gets these two mule loads of dirt and he beats it back over to Syria. This man has not been able to go inside of his house. He's a leper. 
He has to talk over the yard fence to his wife and his children. I don't know for how many years. And he goes home. He opens the front yard gate. He starts in. His wife sees him through the window. Naaman, no, no, we've done it this long. We've stayed true to it. No, Naaman, no. And Naaman throws his robe open and he stretches out his sleeves over his arms and he said, honey, I'm not a leper anymore. I'm not a leper anymore. And she runs from the house and she swings around this mighty husband of her neck and they kiss and they kiss and the children come and they welcome their daddy and say, oh, daddy, daddy, how wonderful it is. Oh, what a reunion. He goes down to the king. He starts into the court. He comes up and grabs his king. And his king said, no, no, Naaman, no. You you, you can be in the court, but don't, don't, don't. You're a leper. He said, king, I'm not a leper anymore. And the king bursts into tears, grabs his captain and said, oh, Naaman, Naaman, my son. Oh, so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What a reunion. What a reunion. All on the testimony of a little girl. All on the testimony of a little girl. 14, 15 years old at the most. All on the testimony of a little girl. This captain rides all the way to Israel. Takes a troop of men with him. The king gives him the money. The king gives him the road. All on the testimony of a little girl. Now, get hold of your seat. This little Israeli girl had never seen a leper healed. You say, you don't know that. I do too. Jesus Christ said, I tell you, in the days of Naaman the leper, there were many lepers in Israel, and not one of them was healed. This little girl had never seen a leper healed. But she knew the God of Israel could do anything. What does your testimony mean tonight? What does your testimony mean tonight? Huh? What does it mean, teenager? Nah, mom, yeah, dad, yeah, oh, well. Why don't you straighten up and say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you. Why don't you go in your bedroom at night and say thank you to your children? Why don't you take your wife in your arms and say, thank you for washing, thank you for ironing, thank you for cooking? Huh? Why don't you say, thank you, honey? Thank you for providing for our family. Thank you for working, working so hard just to have a living. We're a thankless people. Did you know in the book of Isaiah, God said, give me a fast of thanks. Just take a fast. Don't, don't bring any heifers, any bulls, anything. Just thank me. 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 And a little girl's testimony sent Naaman to Israel, came back whole. The king had a captain with no leprosy. The woman had a husband with no leprosy. The children had a daddy with no leprosy, all on the testimony of a little girl. If you don't appreciate that, I feel sorry for you. If that doesn't challenge you tonight to go out of here 
and begin to live godly, holy, righteously, then there's no hope for our churches, for our colleges. See, some college shouldn't have to tell my child what music they can listen to. Shouldn't have to tell my children how to dress. That's my responsibility. That ought to come out of your home. If what you teach at home does not match what this man brings from the pulpit, no wonder there's confusion. He was a great man with somebody that saw him in every situation. May God help you and me to be great to those closest to us that through them and our life we could reach those far away. Our Father tonight, how we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.